What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live from the Treehouse Season 3, Episode 2. It's your boy Juice, the POP, Prince of Podcast, holding it down. What's up, fellas? How y'all feeling? Chill. Y'all know it's your boy Stroud, DJ Strizzy. Y'all can follow me on socials at Official Stroud, S-T-R-O-U-D. Chill. Fresh, you know it's our time. It's always our era. It's, it's our era. It's our moment. It's our generation. Uh, anyway, um, this is Josh. Also, uh, you can f- if you follow me on social media, I might not follow you back. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, it's Chuck Delmont um, on Twitter. There's an underscore at some point. Um, also known as DJ Motherfucker. Let's go. Shout out to the uh, Walmart on Memorial. Shout out to the Walmart Memorial. Shout out to the Kroger off of South Harrison <laughs> and Redan. Yes, sir. Man. Okay. So, episode two, season three. It's real big. It's real big. Why? Because it's my alphaversary. That's right, folks. Alphaversary. For, for those of you that do not know, I am a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And today would be Mark's eight years that I've been in the fraternity. So, um, yeah, we have. Y'all a, boys getting old. I'm, Boy, I'm not the most seasoned. seasoned brother here on this. Uh, and neither am, I, neither am I. So I, I can't relate. Well, since we're all just telling when we crossed, <laughs> I, um, I crossed back in 1847. So, you know, I was. <laughs> Damn, you was before the jewel. Yeah, I, um, I kind of I put him on he game. He actually is a jewel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, brothers, I'll be back in about 60, 70, 80, 90 years. <laughs> just keep this in mind. December, like just keep that in mind. I'll be back. Well, I can't talk no shit. I'm I'm a spring eleven this year. I've I've been an old head. This ain't nothing new to me. Yeah. I mean, once you get to, once you, I, I usually say once you get to about twenty five neos, you need to just retire from strolling. Um, but definitely after five years. Once you get after five years, at that point, you just need to be making space. Your brother is yeah, still some man. ambitious brothers out here. Cause the last time I tried to jump in the stroll line, I almost <laughs> was missing in action like KD and Clay. Boy. I almost tore all my shit up. I think we actually got that shit on video, too. I think that We don't need to see it. No. Yeah, don't we don't want to see it no more. But congratulations, Juice. Eight years. Um, it's also uh, D. DJ Crew is here. Brother um, Crew, Brother Crooms is here. In the background. Congratulations, brother. Eight years in the fraternity is definitely an accomplishment. You guys have uh, been some tremendous additions to this chapter and fraternity. So very, uh, very happy for you guys and enjoy your day. So, um, yeah, with that said, thank you, uh, brother. I'm going to just kick it to you because, you know, you are a charter member. So what is an alphaversary? Just... Give the people something like a little bit of a layover, what it is, so, and how did you enjoy your first one, and how, how did that even? Well, so alphaversary is essentially just the day that you cross the alpha, um, and in full transparency, just a lot of times it's really up to you how you want to celebrate. Some people celebrate different points, you know, we won't go into that topic, but you know, um, <laughs> but you know, it's basically just the day that you are officially into the fraternity, or at least that. You know, you no longer have to do the duties to get into the fraternity. At that point, you are uh, recognized as a brother. On some level, you are recognized as a brother. And we also want to add that Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated is a non-hazing fraternity. We are a non-hazing fraternity. And I appreciate that, brother, by the book. I appreciate that uh, we are a safe platform for all. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. Um so with all right, I'll get to the anniversary. Sorry, that, yeah. All right, that was cute. Um, so <laughs> that was cute. Um, an anniversary. So basically, it's just the day you celebrate. You know, your initiation to Alpha. Um, my I crossed fall two thousand eight. Um, my first anniversary was two thousand nine. Um, I had actually just got done crossing our uh, fall nine neos the day um, the day before. Um, so we were coming back from. Um, Atlanta, and we just noticed it was me, Carlos. I think Shiloh's in the car. We just looked at our, our phones. We said, like, "Oh wow, it's midnight. We we you know this is one year." 
Um, and we ended up going to Checkers in Carrollton. Um, oh, oh a few, what a day. Yeah, I got a few drinks, and then um, we went so back to the frat house. And, um, I mean, I'll be real. We kind of just passed out. We passed out. I think I woke up on the couch with the frat house. It's, it's hard to say. But um, it's just a very – It's I think that people, a lot of times, they have different ideas or, you know, feelings about fraternity life. But at the end of the day, it is a black organization tailored to um, uplift within our community. So no matter how you feel about it, that is the intended goal. Um, so I also think that anytime you have anniversaries, you have Founders Day, I think that is something that you do have to recognize on some level just because um, you are making an impact in the community. Um, you might not be the president, you might not be whatever your, your affiliation with the chapter is, but if you're a positive um, member of the community and you're affiliated with, with an organization, um, that definitely looks good upon you and the organization. So um, you guys definitely enjoy your day. Um, it will, I'll be 12 on November 22nd this Sheesh. year. Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's getting up there. So um, I'm basically about to be seventh, in the seventh grade. Um, so um, like I said, every year is always different. Every year you kind of celebrate different. Some, um, you know, you get a little bit reflective and kind of just about the journey that you to become an alpha as well as your journey within alpha. So um, I'm sure your brothers have had some time to kind of just reminisce and kind of go through some good old memories. I've seen some things on Instagram and social media. So um, it's definitely a momentous occasion. Yep, yep, yep. For you? Uh, you know, he said pretty much everything. I'm, I'm – Eight, eight not about to be ten. We nine. We just turned nine, not two. Oh, you asking me? Tell me. <sighs> and uh, you know, it is a time for you to reflect over your journey. You know, because from my first anniversary to my anniversary now is vastly different. I know. I remember how big of a deal it used to be. Right. You know, after I first crossed, but now it's kind of like, you know, it, it just a reflection time period. You know, it, if. Corona wouldn't hear you. You probably be linking up with your LBs and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I saw y'all did the uh, little Zoom call the other night. Yeah, we pretty, had um, pretty neat. Yeah, we did a Zoom call. Um, we had um, we did that because we have a couple of brothers who live in New York. Um, Tommy, my um, eight, he lives um, in Manhattan, so kind of like one of the most hard hit areas. And uh, Demon, my back, my five, he lives in Rochester. So New York's definitely been affected. And those brothers had a, um, they just kind of felt a little, you know, just want to kind of see how everybody was doing, just some check in. Um, so we had um, nine brothers on the call. I think Shoop, well, Shoop's and all of them was only two. So we had eight, eight out of um, ten remaining. So that was pretty good. We were on there for about an hour and a half, two hours. We just had a good time just catching up on brothers and touching base and making sure everybody's doing okay because um, this is obviously something we never dealt with before, but we were making sure everybody's minds and heart and um, spirit is pretty good. So it was a good conversation. We had a good time, a lot of laughs, a lot of joking and stuff like that. So um, it was definitely a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. For me, it's like a, it's damn near like another birthday party, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we get together, we have a good time. Usually we go out to eat, you know, get together with as many brothers as possible. Uh, just, you know, spreading love and brotherhood amongst each other, you know, talk about the old times, talk about what we did, and just check on each other, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Good fellowship, and just a good way to just reminisce. And, and sometimes, you know, we just figure out what we're doing in life, and, and if we can be a help to a brother, you know, we be a help, so you know right. it's definitely a good time for us all to just get together and fellowship. But um, we ain't gonna stick on that too much longer. Let's talk about four oh four day. That's um, four oh four day. That was yesterday, April fourth. Um, it was a real Atlanta shit. A celebration of Atlanta. Um, yeah. The zip code, um, obviously, is not zip code, but the um, whatever the fuck the first three numbers yeah. are in your phone. Yeah, there you go. Just get the vision. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, so it was celebrating 404, April 4th, you know, 404. Um, so it was just a big day to celebrate Atlanta and kind of just um, enjoy, you know, what makes Atlanta special and unique um, because it is a very special and unique city. Um, very much so. I think a lot of people kind of don't realize that from the outside looking in. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
the fact that we ain't won shit since 95. No, and, maybe and for we still day, repping, be like, you know what I'm saying? No, it ain't going to be canceled, but we rep that till we die. Look, somebody, you come out here and say something crazy, I believe uh, it's still a few people in ICU from what they were talking about the Falcons this past year. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even want to go there. That's before the road. I just think the Falcons, since we talking about the Falcons. Oh, let's go. It, <laughs> uh, I, ain't, go. I ain't going to troll nobody, but not you know what I'm saying? The, the, I'm, I'm not a Falcons hater. I'm, I'm actually going to support the Falcons this year because of Ty well, Gurley. Well, you're going to you're gonna get it, good <laughs> brother. You're definitely going to get it. But I'm going to talk my shit in the meantime. Uh, you know, I just think that, you know, Four or four day Falcons, you know. Hopefully that people were Braves. able to Braves, Georgia, United, United. Georgia Bulldogs. The, the, you know, the Brashers. soccer team actually did do something. They brought. Yeah, I forgot they won the championship. They, they brought something. Yeah, to the, yeah, yeah. they bought the closest we gonna get to a championship. Oh, no. I mean, it is a championship. It's it a is a legitimate championship. It's legitimate. They were a football championship before the other football team. So. <laughs> Lemon pepper wings, yeah. extra wet. Jr. Cricket down there. On, you already know what Strip time club it. wings. Extra wet. Extra wet. So what, what? With the sprinkles on top. So brothers, what makes Atlanta unique to you guys? Um, Stroud, we can start off with you. Like, what makes Atlanta like really a special place? Well, for, for me, okay. So I've, I'm not from Atlanta. I'm actually from Athens, and so I've had, hey. the, I've lived in Athens, obviously. I've lived in Carrollton, I've lived in Charlotte, and I now live in, you know, out the outskirts of Atlanta. Um, and so for me, you know, not being from here, like a lot of people talking Atlanta slang, like I'm zone six or this hey, road and about. that road. Hey, mm. you talking about. So like, I, you know what I'm saying? I've picked up pretty fast, but my favorite thing about Atlanta, especially from comparison of living in Charlotte, is it's always something to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and everything is literally, if you're in the right location, 15, 20 minutes away. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it. you can never, there should never be a dull moment or nothing to do because it's always something going on. So I, I can appreciate just, you know, being in the loop of, of, of what's going on. And I think Atlanta drives the culture too. Absolutely. You know, a lot of pe- a lot of cities culturally and socially, um, you know, take a lot of things from Atlanta, you know. And so, yeah, that's, that's my favorite part about Atlanta. You want to go ahead? Yeah, you can okay. go. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a native of Atlanta, quote unquote. I was born at DeKalb Medical, um, so I've lived in Atlanta my whole life. Um, DeKalb County resident for most of my life. Um, yeah, east side all day. Um, you know, so all the little streets and stuff like that. When people thought the gang signs with the twisted fingers and all that, you know that yeah. jargon. <laughs> I kind of know it um, just because I'm from the city. So um, east side. What zone? That's that's zone what? Well, technically speaking, so if you're from the east side, if you want to be cool, you say zone six. But from the part of the east side I'm on, it's technically not zone six because we're, we're, you know, it's literally the east side. So, so how many zones is it? Six. It's six zones. Yeah. Okay. So it's six zones. Six, um, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I I grew up I grew up in uh, in Stone Mountain, Lithonia. I grew up off of Redan Road until I was 11, and then I moved to Panola Road from um, 11 to I was um, until I graduated high school. So. Um, very much an East Side child. Um, I think what makes Atlanta unique is um, historically, you look at it. Um, one of the monikers they always went by was "It's a city too busy to hate." Meaning Atlanta always positioned itself as a, a hub in the South that basically is kind of like we reject a lot of the races or a lot of the stuff that you might see in other um, cities. Obviously, that's not true, but it was a hell of a marketing ploy. But in a, in a lot of ways, um, it did kind of there was some truth to it because you see, uh, we've had black mayors, we've had. You know, black businessmen, a lot of powerful people, um, having of African American, um, having African American uh, as well as a lot of business people. So there is a lot of wealth, there's a lot of opportunity for black people in Atlanta. And um, as a kid of the, I'm an '80s baby and growing up in the '90s, I've seen the evolution of Atlanta. I think in a lot of ways, what made Atlanta unique was you have the juxtaposition between major cities that's 
I don't want to say it's a plastic city, but a lot of cities are kind of, you see different places pop up like Atlantic Station and these yeah. a lot of, these kind of just like, just drop them off at all these different, you know, locations and stuff like that. Um, and I've seen the change into that in a lot of ways, but I also feel like they're still unique to a lot of old school Atlanta things in terms of just the culture, how we talk to each other, and just it's a very unique city. And um, a lot of people come down here, they get stuck down here, they come down here. Oh, yeah, they get down a here. Pe- a lot of people, that, a lot of people, that, uh, your aunties and stuff, they came down here and freaked niggas yeah. thought it was cool. And they, just yeah, they never left. They, they never, never left. I ain't <laughs> going back home. They ain't so going back shit, home. Shit, I'm here to stay. I live here now. Yeah, so if you say something. That's why all the bridges breaking and catching exactly. on fire and shit. Up. You say you live here? Or you <laughs> stay here. You live here or you stay here. You live here or you stay here. And um, <laughs> But I'll say what I, what I love about Atlanta is that it just, um, it truly does feel like home. Like I said, I've, I've yeah. lived here. I just feel like another city. Pretty well, um, and I feel like you can have a good time. And you're always going to see something unique. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to walk the Beltline, just walk around Edgewood uh, with a little something in my cup and a little something in my system. But it's just a good, it's a good opportunity just to see the city and just see how it's a, it's a very jagged melting pot. You have a little bit of everything kind of side by side. So I think that's really unique, um, and um, it's, it's, it's really a, a special city to me. So happy for for that. Yeah, and four four day for me. I mean, I'm from Atlanta. You know, Atlanta molds you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I travel a lot. I go to like different countries, places, other stuff like that. And like when I get there, it kind of like reminds me of home. Cause I'm like, damn, we got this, we do this, we do that. And then when I'm like, oh, it's about the end. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, we. Right. You yeah. know, I'm not used to this. Couldn't be Atlanta. It couldn't mm-hmm. be Atlanta. We got. And then you know, I went other places and I asked, so what y'all do out here? Like, what do y'all do for fun and like stuff like that? They be like, oh, well, we do this. And you really can't find what's going on. I don't know if that's because you really got to know your way around it and stuff right. like that. But like I said, Atlanta molds you. From my first time going to Centennial Park mm-hmm. or going to Turner Field, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and just going to the zoo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just molded me. You know, I feel like I'm going to always have love for my city regardless of whatever. Regardless yeah. of whatever we place in sports yeah. or whatever happens or uh, congressional wise <laughs> or anything like that, I'm always old uh, Atlanta High. So, and I got two quick little thoughts: is that um, Atlanta's won two championships since um, 1995. We won in '95 and we won in 2018 with United. We're not demonstrably different than Cleveland. Is is that with Turner? <laughs> Cleveland ain't won shit since you know they won they got one championship because of LeBron. But I mean. I've been to Cleveland. I was like, I see why the nigga left because um, it, it ain't nothing to do up yeah, there. Ain't so shit to do. ain't nothing to do. And do you he, see a, a championship coming soon? Oh no, gotta. But I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I, well, well, I, I think the Braves might win. Um, the Hawks. We got a legitimate chance for two or three years. We it, always say that same shit. It'd be the same shit. It'd be the same shit about the Falcons. Been two years. They've been saying two or three years since '92. But I mean, I think with the he's sick and tired of being sick. Like and tired. I don't have enough time to talk about the Falcons. That'd be a separate podcast. But um, <laughs> I'll say to um, to Stroud's point about uh, Charlotte. A lot of people say Charlotte's kind of the next up and coming city for a lot of black people. To kind of you know see wealth and kind of yep. a lot of opportunity. And I visited up there several times, about, about four times in the past year and a half and some change. And um, it's a good city, but it's a very slow city. Like with Atlanta, you know, when we're not under the apocalypse, you literally, it's not far-fetched to be drunk from 10 a.m. on Saturday to 10 p.m. on Sunday. At no point if someone said, I'm drunk, you would even bat an eye. Yep. In Charlotte, you pretty much have to wait until the city wakes up, which is like 6, 7 o'clock at night. You know, they don't have the same brunch scene. They don't have the day party scene. It's very much, if this is a move, you all have to go to that. But in Atlanta on a Saturday in the summertime, there's about 30 moves, and all of them are pretty much at the same energy. And um, I think that's very unique for the city. For sure, for sure. Okay, another big event that's happening this weekend. I will be remiss to not talk about it. I'm a big wrestling fan, as some of you may know, uh, some of you may not know. 
WrestleMania was this weekend mm-hmm. and is this weekend. Part two um, tonight. Part two is tonight. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Sunday, so of course, part two is tonight. I got my wrestling belt. I got my gear. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go 12 rounds. So, guys, what I will ask you is what are some of your fondest memories and who is your favorite wrestler of all time, if you had to pick one? Well, you know, before I say all that, I just I see this belt sitting next to me, good boy. I can't. I'm just I'm patiently waiting this rink in his backyard because I can't wait to bust your ass one of steel one of steel chairs. See, you know what I'm saying. I'm, social distancing goes wrong. <laughs> but nah, um, I think the uh, the Undertaker has always been my favorite wrestler. You know, I, I he used to like when I when I was younger, I would always make sure I seen his matches. Yeah. I I want to say he was like in a a bury alive match mm-hmm. against um was it mankind mankind was it yeah, mankind yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think that was my favorite one because it was it was like caged but you but the you had to bury you had to bury bury alive yeah, right yeah, yeah. so that was a gruesome ass fight but uh you know i used to have like the little the figures. rink, uh, the yeah, figures, oh, yeah. yeah. I used to do all the all the yeah. action figures. Did you used to put your little cousins and all of them in this? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I actually broke my cousin arm doing the uh, what's the shit when you kick in the, the, oh, the stunner, uh, the stunner, the stunner. 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 on the trampoline, bro. I was so scared, her arm like shrunk and shit. You know, it shrunk. <laughs> it shrunk like her 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 bone. This bone went up here. And you know they tell you not to try this shit at home. Oh yeah, they don't try. They don't don't tell you enough. Um, They don't tell you enough. Um, (laughs) They don't tell you enough. No, no, they they don't tell you enough. Um, If I I, if I had two stories, I would say um, when I was twelve, I did the pedigree on my little cousin Mm -hmm. on concrete. Ooh. Which um, I heard a. Did you create a fail safe for them not to? No, no. He he took the full brunt of that, and um, I heard a click. Like his body clipped at some point, and I just started crying because I thought I killed my cousin, and um, I definitely got in trouble for that. But um, you know, you, you obviously every kid is gonna emulate the, the wrestling moves. My second memory would be I'm not I don't follow wrestling anymore. I really haven't followed it since probably oh when it went from WWF to WWE. Okay. At that point, I was like, look, I, I ain't look, I, look. I'm I'm committed, and um, I would say it was when Rey Mysterio Jr. lost his mask in the '90s. Ooh. Um. It was traumatic because we didn't have cable when I was a kid, so we only got to see the Thursday event, which was uh, the WCW. I forgot what it was, like SmackDown, whatever it was called. And um, so we heard about it on Monday. We heard he lost yeah, it on, like, Monday morning, and it was so yeah, drunk. We, could, we didn't have a pay-per-view at the time, right. so we had to watch Sunday Night Heat. Right, uh-huh. so you, so, yeah. I, was, so yeah. I was four days behind, so everybody else had seen him by then point, that point. So when he came out to um, to fight, I, me and my brother were literally, it was almost like we saw Santa get shot. We were like, oh my God, that's great mysterio. Like, right. I cried for 100 nights. It was, um, <laughs> it was one of, it really was one of the most dramatic things in my life because I was like, my, Ray Mysterio was my boy. Like, he had, um, he was just, he had such a charisma. He was just um, acrobatic. He had everything going for him. I think he's still wrestling that. Yeah, he's still the wrestling. The tender age of 65. Is, uh, I got so. a question. Is the Undertaker and Kane, were they brothers on the show? Like, no, they, they, they were, was brothers on the show. On the show. brothers in real life. Yeah, I'm oh, saying I so. Like, they were brothers no, in real life. No. I knew they oh, were brothers on the show. More trauma. I, I really <laughs> thought they were brothers. Oh, damn. You triggered your brother. Wow, they both six, five, six, seven. <laughs> yeah, big old, two big old country white boys. I thought they were brothers. But Wait, we never saw Kane face for a long time either. Yeah, you remember yeah. Kane used to have the fucking. Until China blew his damn mask <laughs> off. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. What, what about you, good brother? Uh, for me, I'm gonna go. It's hard to choose, but I'm gonna go with um, Shawn Michaels, uh, heartbreak <laughs> kid, Shawn Michaels, super kick, just all that good stuff. It's just so much, so <laughs> many matches boy. that he had. 
Yeah. Of course, yeah, I love all the song, the pyro. And then he was actually wrestling before my time. I'm sure a lot of people would expect me to pick The Rock, of course. Yeah. Because The Rock did have some good matches and all that. He did, stuff. he did. I put with But the I'm a super fanatic, and you got to go with the old school to pay homage. So I would I would say Shawn Michaels is the one who done it for me, uh, Mr. WrestleMania. Who do you think is going to win um, WrestleMania. WrestleMania this weekend? Well, what are the um, matchups? I think oh they got hella matchups. Um, but they got Edge going against Randy Orton. I'm gonna take Edge in that one. Um, Undertaker already did his. They got Brock Lesnar going up against uh, who's Brock Lesnar going? Drew McIntyre for the title. So that title uh, that's sitting right there. That's what he going for. Yeah, he going for that. Uh, right so you pulling up after the match? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> pull I don't up. Know if he might pull up. <laughs> if he do, we're gonna have a goddamn non-sanctioned, no hold bar. <laughs> He's still going to have to get sprayed with the sanitizer first, though. For, for sure, for sure, because we still are on quarantine. That's right. And That's speaking right. of that, um, did y'all hear that they're saying that we should all be wearing masks now when, mm-hmm. we, when we go outside? What do y'all think? So what that? What does that mean? Does that mean, like, the air is contaminated? I, 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 I think they... Uh, what about pollen? Is 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 the corona? They just can don't it, want can you it to attach? Can just, it attach to pollen? Can the corona well, attach to pollen? The jury's still out on that one, but I know that. Um, <laughs> At this point, Doctor Faust is the president. Yeah, he pretty much was running the country. <laughs> if he's like, it's, it's stupid. Just you gotta stop. But um, right. I think they said in China, and don't quote me on that, they had different. It was it was effective by people wearing masks. It was very effective in containing it, um, because the main one of the main issues with. Uh, the virus is that most people or a lot of people are asymptomatic, mm-hmm. meaning you don't exhibit any type of symptoms. The symptoms like you know fatigue, no type of you know dry cough, the different things that they're warning you on the news. So um, they want people to wear masks. So basically, if you are if you do have any asymptomatic, you kind of damp you know lower that risk because That's okay. In yeah. a lot of ways, it's, it's the only way that you can catch it is through the nose and the mouth. I again, research is still pending. Well, yeah, but, nose, um, mouth, eyes, all that. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. any type of direct contact. Yeah. Um, but I think a, a second part is basically for the social implications because it if everyone's wearing a mask, it kind of lowers people's guards instead of putting like a scarlet letter. If I go to the grocery store right now and if five people on the aisle or one of them has a mask, we automatically assume that they got it. something is going something on. Wrong. You don't know yeah. what's going on, but something's going on. But if all five of us got a mask, watch you, that brother right there. Yeah, like, oh, can you reuse the mask? Um, they advise using a cloth one, um, and I don't know too much information about it. Yeah. I, I have a machine washer. These yeah, are just the questions washable. that the people asking. The people want to know. Uh, well, the people got Google, but I mean, I'll tell the best I can. I can do the best I can. But I mean, and if you look, if you come into this platform and look for your answers, yeah, you are well, at the wrong tree. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you because if it was up to me, we'd be at brunch. But I mean, you know, let's listen to Fosse. The boy got some knowledge. But Just I mean, wait till this over with. But um, it's on. But I, th- but I think, a lot, yeah, oh yeah, it's oh. On. the tone in that voice just oh, yeah. scared me. Oh. I, I'm scared for my liver. Oh, it's yeah. on. We, 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 it's we, on. We out for blood whenever they let us out. But um. I think a lot of that is just basically, I do think the social implications too because it kind of lowers people's anxiety. If literally everyone has a mask, yeah, somebody might have it, but you don't have to be, oh, that nigga by the bread, he, he didn't cough and he got his whatever on. He might be the you know, carrier one. So um, I think everyone wearing a mask, I don't, we'll see. But at the same time, I do understand why they were trying to push him for that. I just feel like, uh, because didn't we have a celebrity, a couple celebrities been donating money towards masks and tests Mm -hmm. and actually sending masks? Who was that? Yeah, Jay-Z and Meek Mill actually, um, they're sending uh, 100,000 masks Mm -hmm. to people that are jails and prison. So, you know, it's it's good to see that they're looking out for those and, and just not forgetting those who have been yeah, you know, locked up and stuff like Cause that. Because that's a that, people too. That's an area that I would say. Because I actually have a friend who, you know, we have a mutual friend who works within the justice system and like the 
nor the correctional facilities and you know people in there are uh testing positive but you know like how do you how do you manage or navigate that situation where everybody literally have to be cram packed mm. into like certain areas it's crazy you know? because like all with all this stuff going on like i'm just so confused on what's going on i've heard so many things are y'all privy to what's going on with the 5g Mm-mm. oh yeah this, this is for the most woke people um <laughs> I'll um I, I know y'all yeah, sleep yeah yeah, yeah. I need to wake up it's it's, it's like five o'clock still. um it's <laughs> it's similar to well it's not similar but it's um there is rumors that a lot of this has been kind of manufactured by the five G just to, um I think I don't know a whole lot about it, but I believe it's something to do with the the five G on your phones yeah and a lot of the towers that are going up so people are saying it's kind of linked to radiation is the cause and um causing these flu like symptoms yeah causing a lot of and what I'll say is I don't. It's not far fetched, but I don't think that's the culprit this time. But again, we gotta ask Fosse. You know, Fosse mm-hmm. got his own opinion. But I mean, it's. I'm not saying it. You know, obviously radiation stuff. Like that. if you sleep, most of us probably sleep with our next phones, to our phone yeah. or within a close proximity. So it's yeah. not that far fetched. But at the same time, if you kind of just look at the timeline about you know how it's Put kind your of phone in your pocket. Yeah, it, if you look Fuck at this. Around have bowel cancer by the time it's all said. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, and then you top that if you you know eat. You know, microwave food and whatever you, you know, whatever your day to day is, it gets yeah. affected. But I don't think that's the cause this time. But I also don't. I ain't gonna say it's not too far fetched. All either. them damn banquet meals. Them well, banquets I mean, gonna, the Michelin's <laughs> gonna come up, bro. I mean, it's just is is plenty of you know conspiracy theories out there about this whole this whole virus. I think the part that that I guess most people are concerned with is there's no timeline on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. I, it, it, sometimes it feels like we're easing, easing into stricter, you know, restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you hear the president saying, well, we got to eventually open the country back up. So mm-hmm. y'all can say we're going to do this, but eventually the shit right. going to yeah. have to open back up. So you've been two weaking us to death. Right. We've so two week, two week, two week. it just, it, it kind of feels like, you know, it's something they're not telling us, but, People are uncertain because people have plans already out, you know, year out. Mm. You don't know what the timeline on this. Hey, we could be sitting here a month from today in, with the, same sh- in the same position, it, and we don't know. It, I think a lot of it's going to come down to, I mean, Fossey says the disease caused it, but the the issue is that there's the presidential election in November, and no president wants to come into election season without a robust economy or even a decent economy. So Trump is looking from a politically in that, you know, why, you know, why are we going to shut this thing down if, you know, we're going to handle on it and we're going to keep it moving? And I, you know, I think Trump is off president, but I do see his point that at some point you do have to put a timeline to restart the country because the coronavirus is going to be here in the fall, in the right. spring. It's going to be here for the rest of our lives. So I think in some way you kind of have to say, look, this is the new, to some extent, you have to put some restrictions, but our new normal is that you have to be aware that this is a virus that's out there and educate people. Well, you know, hindsight twenty twenty is always a motherfucker because you know, mm-hmm. ha- I mean, looking now that this much has time and seeing where we are and seeing where we came from and how it started, mm-hmm. you know, it could definitely it could have definitely been handled differently. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so, at what point do you get to the point where it's like, well, the projections or the experts are saying that X amount of people are gonna die. Yeah, we can't control the virus. That's mm-hmm. that's that's. That should that, be the goal is to control right. it, get it under control. They, At what point do you say, you know, these people going to die anyway, or X amount of people going to die anyway, y'all do have at it. When you introduce a new virus into the world and you put it against the healthcare system, it's going to be a dramatic and drawing type of, you know, event. Because even if you look at, you know, the AIDS in the 80s, 
yeah. or different things that different diseases have come over time it overwhelms the healthcare system there's a lot of misinformation nobody knows nobody's really an expert on the disease at six months old yeah dr fossey is an infectious disease specialist but in terms of actually you know corralling this disease there's no way you can learn yeah. be an expert in six months because um, he hasn't seen it either he yeah. hasn't seen it either so i mean so a large extent it's like i don't know like, so i understand you do need to self-quarantine you do need to remove and kind of don't want to overwhelm the system but at the same time even if you, it wasn't election season, this thing on a one-time $1,200 check as a stimulus thing, that's not going to, you can't close the country down to August and think that $1,200 is going to be sufficient. Yeah. So I think they either going to have to, have to send a second stimulus package out, or at some point they're going to say, look, we did the best we could. You guys just got to be safe. And you kind of have to more or less kind of, you know, handle yourself. So well, we live in some strange times. Strange, peculiar times, I tell you. Very, very strange. Shit. As long as this shit keep going, we're going to keep getting these fire ass. IG live battles, <laughs> and the the most recent one I seen, I don't know if you guys checked it out, is the T Pain versus oh, yeah. Lil John. Yeah, that was a Man, good one. It was good. They had some hits mm-hmm. on there, boy. I was in there jamming the whole time. So mm-hmm. who, yeah. who y'all think won? I think I think that uh, you didn't ask who I think was a better artist. You asking who won, won the battle? The battle, yes. I want to say Lil John won the battle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I think he had a very compelling, you know, caseload. Um, no, as far as better artists, I, I would say T Pain is is the better artist. But as far as that battle, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe because I've I've heard a lot of people talking about him. Worth more? Who, who got the most money? John. Probably yeah, probably John. That, that shot he gonna be paid for life off that that yeah. one song that alone. One song alone. Be, we'll yeah, they yell about Usher. He you know what I'm saying? A long way from the East Side Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. know, and I think that and they ain't getting a dime, ain't that some bullshit? That's crazy. They still drinking all gas cans. But I feel like when Lil Jon, like back in that time period, when he hopped on remixes, it's much different than remixes are today. Mm-hmm. Like when Lil Jon hopped on the remix, it was because the song was probably already doing well. Mm-hmm. Right now it's like shit. I'm just gonna hop on this because I want to. So yeah. I feel like Lil Jon was in that area where remixes actually meant something. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? And and and. and to, to knock on that shit, T Pain was the remix king. He was. Anything he was. On with that mm, <laughs> <laughs> that walking out remix. Yeah, oh boy, what? going crazy. Here, ooh wees. Go ahead. Get <laughs> ready right for the next know. four minutes. Um, know. I would say I think that I think Pain won, and I kind of look at it like that. Pain had a higher peak. Yeah. Um, he probably had more of a national presence than Lil John did. Um, so you think he won the battle, or he's a better artist? I think overall, uh, John's a better artist, but I think Payne won the battle because okay. Lil John didn't go deep into he he was trying to compete on the national level, so he's doing shots. If you really follow Lil John, shots is probably one of the is not yeah that's down the list. I mean, he didn't For really sure. go into the B side collection because a lot of he, a lot of Lil John's work is very much regional and kind of Atlanta based. You know, a lot of those you know, but Payne um, they was kind of putting out more of those national more worldly hits and stuff so i think the battle of pain got it but if you look the same thing with manny fresh and scott storch is like they might have won the battle but the long-term manny and john they um they're gonna have a longer uh, legacy than those guys i think no disrespect to those guys the biggest thing that's gonna come from this i think since everybody's doing live i feel like they're gonna make an app and if not already in the works of making an app where it's just not even just pictures no more. It's just straight live. Yeah. As soon as you yeah. get on, it's live, and you can do. I feel like things. that's what that's what um, Snapchat was like, or or Vine for that matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Instagram kind of so when Instagram incorporated the 
the features of Snapchat is like, okay, you get the best out of both worlds and Instagram. Right. But I do feel that there's value in a, a app that's just straight yeah. live footage. Yeah. No photos, just straight live behind the scene action. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of that. Cause I mean, in this time I feel like everybody's doing something. Everybody's like using it live cause we can't really go nowhere. So I mean, yeah. we have to get creative on another scale from the house. I mean, it's all entertainment, especially we don't mm-hmm. have no sports. We don't really have too much going on, and we want to get away from the everyday struggle of just hearing about the coronavirus or hearing about how many deaths and stuff like that. So the first thing we do is turn to our phones and, and look at how creative we've all been. I mean, yeah. that's from podcasts. Like, shout out to all the podcasters. Shout out oh, to yeah. everybody that's DJing. Shout out to everybody that's making these TikTok dances and all that, because we need that in these times. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? we do. And, and speaking of that, uh, have y'all heard Drake's new song? He done, he done try to make a dance. A little through. challenge. Yeah. There's so many fucking challenges it's out so here. Many, but, I mean, you got to capitalize you got, on You, you have to. And e- even with the seasoned uh, artists like Drake, you know, you may one may think, oh, he this he out of his lead. Yeah, right. he above that. But you got to stay relevant. You do. This, I mean, the mentality of the world now is the sales. Like, if you work in a sales job, it's that approach. It's not what you've done. It's what have you done lately. Poor Megan. What's she going to She's going to have to become a whole stripper if the <sighs> summer don't open up for her. Yeah. Because you can't have no hot girl summer from inside the house. How can you do it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because Boosie, Boosie show. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure the hot girls, are. Uh, they've been meeting. They, they, and they, they're, they're getting their contingency plan together because okay. it's a lot of people on board that ship. They will I tell not you, be held back. They will not be held back. They will not be moved. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. <laughs> and other news, Kodak Black and NBA Youngboy are going at it. And I'm just trying to figure out how the hell do you have that much freedom in jail? I feel like jail now is damn near what we own now. Well, I'm saying this. Yeah, we we in jail. We well, definitely in jail. Well, people are creative. I mean, you you got, I mean, I know people. And I'll, I'll I mean, a honey bun can only get you so far. Well, how the I mean, hell you, does he have you, access well, to Twitter? Uh, Instagram. I, I'll keep it brief. A, a childhood friend of mine, he um he was in jail a couple of years ago, and he was still updating his Facebook status from jail. They giving him pads now. Yeah, they, they get a little I iPad. They get little pads that they kind of can um. And if you're, I mean, they got their own little currency system, little little uh, economy. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Shit booming in jail. <laughs> right. The stock I might want to. Stock up in jail, boy. Boy, boy I need to buy some stock in the jail. <laughs> You Wait. might get, you might can get out. <laughs> you, you might. <laughs> a honey bun to get you a week of sleep easy. I'm telling bro, you, two honey buns is a Snickers. That's parole. I mean, <laughs> bro, what? You a kingpin? What? what? Man, they treat what? you like a god. You mean tell oh me you god. gonna give me chocolate, caramel, nuts? All uh, this? All this in what? Yeah, you can just go home. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me go and get you to log out. <laughs> yeah, don't log out. <laughs> let me get you to log out. Hey, you go home, play boy. See, yeah, yeah. folks probably scared of Hey, look, get, give me something else. I don't want to leave yet. This shit fucked up. <laughs> let me get, hey, can I get two more weeks in this bitch? Never thought I'd see the day. Man, Never thought I'd see the day. Crazy. But yeah, how are they getting all this stuff? I, it's crazy. I just are, feel like real creative in jail. And um, when you got money, you know, mm-hmm. money buys you whatever you want. Co- yeah, Kodak is in, Kodak is in jail. He ain't broke. There's a difference. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and um, he has a, he has a sizable tab. I'm I would, sure. I would say if there's one um, podcast that can kind of give you the intricacies of jail is Ear Hustle, mm-hmm. um, and they they go a lot of um, they had interviewed um a guy who was in jail for quite some time. He just kind of explained, you know, about roommate situations. Yeah. 
the, the kites. And it's basically just kind of the inner workings of jail. So it's very interesting, and it'll give you a breakdown. In terms of Kodak and NBA Youngboy, I like Kodak, so I'm fun for Kodak. Um, I don't know what the beef is about, but Kodak can rap, and I'm a Kodak fan, and I'm planting my flag on Kodak. I'm just confused as how you have having a whole beef and you on the inside. But I think the beef was... Um, a comment that he made or something, yeah, right? Yeah, he made a comment under uh, NBA Youngboy's post, you know, talking about um, Yaya, Yaya Mayweather, um, uh, Mayweather's daughter. And basically, he's saying that she took the rap for him when she went and stabbed the baby mama. I, I guess they're saying that he did that and she took the rap for mm-hmm. him. And he's saying, you shouldn't have let her fall on that. One of them other guys that was with you should have fell on that mm-hmm. instead of you. So, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on in them camps, but I, I have heard of, uh, you know, love is blind, women will do anything for their man, ride or die type, and I think she might have taken them charges for him just yeah. because, you know, we've seen his antics and how crazy he's been getting, you know, stuff like that. He's so quite a character. I'm not sure. He's quite a character. Um, he has a following, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. has a following. I think it's a, a younger generation, but, I mean, he definitely, um, a lot of people support Definitely. Him. Yeah. Well, all that is alleged. I, I, I don't want no NBA young boys running up to my crib. I'm just saying, this is not, we're not reporting news. No. We're just speaking we on just it. We're just speaking on it. We don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, put it on our resume. Nope, we don't, know. Don't, that's, and, don't quote that. And another two people I don't want nothing to deal with. Um, OT Genesis mm-hmm. and 21 Savage. Uh, <laughs> right. Today uh, broke that they are actually going to have a challenge, uh, a sing-off. Oh, that's depressing. Uh, a single. Yeah, that's depressing. Oh, wow. That's very depressing. If shit don't open up soon, we're going to be in some trouble, guys. I just want y'all to know uh, shit is getting real. Some of y'all need to put shit is real. down. Shit is getting uh, real. Some of the shit I've been seeing on IG is a little bit overbearing. Uh, everybody, Live ain't for everybody. It's not for well, everybody. Boozy needs a job, and um, he just needs something to fill the hours. Boosie is making his case for a, a VH1 show as soon as all yeah, this shit over. That's what he doing. They might start now. It's <laughs> in the work. It's in the work. <laughs> they actually probably got some for him lined up at Netflix right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're going to put VH1 in the corner of his little uh, his IG feed every day. They're going to VH1. Sponsored by VH1. Oh, my goodness. That, that man be wilding, man. With all these battles and all these stuff going on, um, I think that I, I like the concept of the IG battles with the uh, with the music and all that. I feel like once the, all this is over, like the music industry is gonna be crazy. I feel mm-hmm. like just gonna pop off. Everybody gonna be trying to do something. Everybody gonna want to battle and all that good stuff. So it's really a good time for creatives and you know that's really all. That's really all for today's show, man. I mean, you know, of course we want to leave y'all with a little bit of you know knowledge mm-hmm. and you know word to the wise. So they're right. They're right. Mm-hmm. You know, without further ado, I guess I'll kick it in. Okay. I, uh, well, I'll say the same thing I said on uh, IG Baptist. Let me go ahead and do my shameless plug. Uh, we are back um, next Sunday, which is my birthday. April the 12th is Easter. It's the day that the Lord rose, um, something that the Falcons don't do. Mm-mm. And so um, we're back at 12 p.m., so make sure that y'all uh, pull up. We're going to have a good time. Um, but the message that I, I, I gave to the people today was – you know, make sure that you're listening to, you know, whatever you believe in or whatever you put your faith in, um, whatever your religious affiliation is, you know, everybody gets inclinations and gut feelings and intuition. Make sure you follow that because sometimes, you know, it may it may take a little bit more energy and a little bit more effort, but it's pointing or pushing you into the right direction. And if you go against mm-hmm. that, then you're 
you're going against your destiny and what your purpose is. So don't be afraid to listen to that and trust that because at the end of the day, you only get one life. You might as well make the most of it. So absolutely, absolutely. And uh, during these times, man, just you know, read your book. Find find a way to educate yourself. You know, learn something that you haven't. You know, learn something new. Learn something that you wanna wanted to always look into or anything like that. Because I know you know uh, most of us aren't really working as much as we used to. Or if we're working from home, we have extra time more than we used to. So use the time and kind of learn something else and get into something else. So I say that. And I'll leave. Um, I'll keep it. Um, I'll wrap it up real quick. Um, yesterday was April fourth. Um, it was the fifty second anniversary of. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King being assassinated. Um, he was killed 52 years ago in at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I think we all one verse about what you know happened with that. Uh, so it was 52nd 52nd anniversary yesterday. Um, it was obviously a tragic day. Um, and this our fraternity brothers to you know proud to remember our fraternity to lose his life as well as a member of the civil rights movement. So I always take time on that day just to kind of reflect about the impact he had on our lives. Um, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for him. We wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't have the type of financial op- uh, opportunities and, you know, vocational opportunities without him. Um, King died fighting for the sanitation workers, so he's somebody who was fighting for the top dog in the world as well as somebody who might have more of a, um, you know, a, a menial job or some, a job that's more looked down upon. So he was definitely a man of the people. Um, he still has a huge, tremendous impact on what we do on a day-to-day. So, like I said, just take some time just to kind of reflect upon, if not necessarily the man or at least just – your experience as African American in America and how he, you know, influenced. how he influenced and shaped it. Um, so yesterday was the 52nd anniversary. Uh, so just take some time, just kind of think about it, uh, reflect upon some of the opportunities you have, and just um, the good in your life. Um, it's a tough time. It's very difficult to deal with this quarantine. I feel like I'm going crazy every day sitting in the house, but um, at the same time, we do have opportunities to still be employed, still have opportunities to get back into a real life once this is over with. And that's um, a direct result because of um, Dr. King's sacrifice. Yes, sir. And uh, with that said, man, well said, fellas. And we'll see y'all next time. It's been another episode of Live from the Treehouse. We out. Happy birthday, Ray. Cute.